Welcome, everybody, to the Party of Two podcast. I am one of your hosts, the Internet's Andrea Donica. And I'm one of your other hosts, the Internet's Mark B. Donica. And today, we are going to be looking towards D23 and upcoming news about everything that's going to be happening to our beloved Epcot here in Walt Disney World Resort, Florida. And today, we are specifically looking at the Living Seas Pavilion, a.k.a. the Seas with Nemo and Friends. And really excited about this one. I have always been a big fan of the ocean and marine biology. I've been fascinated with it ever since I was a small, small child. My parents actually used to have a a little saltwater fish tank, and my mom spent so much time maintaining it. it. It's a lot of work. So it, and just just for a little slice of the ocean. So I can only begin to imagine how much work Disney has to do maintaining a giant conservation facility for marine biology. Well, what do you think about the ocean, Mark? I like it. You do? Yeah. <laughs> the, there's a. I mean, the ocean is arguably the most important biome. And I mean, we all came from the ocean, yeah. so without it, there there are a lot of problems. And considering the ocean is growing, and we aren't adding any good stuff to it just by existing, yeah, there's a lot that can be done to sort of maintain it and and make it better. <laughs> and only in more recent years are conservation efforts starting to get a lot more hardcore. But even so. We're losing a lot of what makes the ocean special, and there's so much that we still haven't even discovered about it. We haven't gone deep enough. We haven't been able to go deep enough, and I think the second we can, we'll probably ruin that part of it, too, <laughs> yeah, sadly. to be completely honest. But um, this pavilion pays, plays a huge part in, I think, what makes Epcot Epcot, as well as what... I think this this of any of the pavilions is a happy medium can be a happy medium between the message of Epcot and or the original message of Epcot I say I I say and sort of the ongoing uh franchisification of it. I think there's a happy medium that you can provide here that will make everybody happy. The interesting thing too is this pavilion didn't open when Epcot first opened. They still needed a couple of years to get the funding together, get everything built and figured out. And the Imagineers originally wanted to go a little more of a fantastical route. They wanted to have a dark ride with Poseidon kind of guiding you through mankind's relationship with the seas and what was below and above the surface of the ocean and and how humanity interacts back in the day towards the future and everything in between. And then when the sponsors came in, United Technologies, I believe, was the original sponsor for the pavilion. They're based in Connecticut. Yeah, I ser- Random. search me. Um they wanted to go much more scientific. So Imagineering 
as with many of these uh, Epcot and uh, sponsorship stories, went back to the drawing board and did something much more scientific, conservation, and uh, futuristic based. And you get Sea Base Alpha, you get your hydrolators mm. and uh, some really quirky things that ended up getting outdated pretty fast. And now we end up with Nemo, who was really the first that that was the first franchise that really made its way into Epcot. Yeah, when we were talking a couple episodes ago, we had mentioned I wasn't sure whether the Three Caballeros or Nemo was the first one or if the Finding Nemo musical opened first. And so it was 2004 when the when Turtle Talk with Crush first showed up, but in uh, two, late 2005 was when the entire pavilion was renamed the Seas with Nemo and Friends, and it was it was all there was a it was a combination of things where the musical opened up at about this or opened up the same the same time as the rechristening, excuse me, and then the Three Caballeros opened up like a couple months later, but Nemo was. And I think still is the strong. Well, no, I guess Frozen, uh, in in Norway is a really strong sell, <laughs> but um, Nemo is a really good one. One really good way to sort of integrate Disney property with a conservationist message. Absolutely, and it, the key to all of these things, and I know that a lot of people don't like seeing franchises implemented at all in Epcot, especially because the original intention was for there to be no characters that were a part of Disney within Epcot. You know, it, it was fine to have Figment and Dreamfinder created for the park, but not not anything that was already established from something else. But I think that if you don't create those characters for these different areas if you don't create memorable characters within a memorable story you don't connect as well with kids and you might not leave as lasting of an impression and i think that it's really important to establish that stuff early that's why people are still so obsessed about the imagination pavilion today and they might be obsessed over maybe the, the robot butler from Horizons, for example. Or the robot chef from Horizons. You know, those are like memorable moments. But if you're talking about things that that you can't personalize or attribute to yourself, especially with kids, you're not necessarily going to hold their attention as long. Yeah. And even like part of the world that we live in now is straight up advertising. Everything is advertising yeah. for something else and branding for kids it's it's always been it, like I, I mean for i think our generation as kids was the one that really started with branding yeah. well i mean i say that but i would say I, I would say at least i've noticed that our generation and maybe a little before it's always been yeah calling for a brand calling for a brand whether it's a cartoon or a movie or this or that 
yeah and it and it works i mean especially now nostalgia with uh nostalgia the culture of nostalgia for our generation re- that's why remakes redos whatever is because those brands hit home for us so hard back in the day well quote unquote all of the money can, can be made off of that original product how do we make more oh well let's just put the movie out again let's just do the show again let's just do this again and while there are inherent problems with that there are ways that you can utilize that for a positive outcome and disney disney does that with conservationism all the time you know they do it with learning with um they used uh meet the robinsons for for learning and family and like pro family messaging um little mermaid is used for ocean conservation i see those all the time i see those posters everywhere or at least we did yeah we did we did did in in la yeah um but um i kind of miss those but if you if you don't mind starting to go into what we think oh sure but one really quick thing I also, I'm not saying that all of these pavilions should just be strictly aimed to entertain small children. That's not what I'm saying. But Future World, the name is future in the title, right? And what's our future? Children are our future. And we we have to, everything about conservation, that that's for our future. That's for their future. These are things that, we need to connect with children from the get-go. It, and it's it's also why kids are so sensitive to this stuff, especially now they they are very tuned in. And and some people might not think so, but kids kids will cry at the idea of oh, I am eating this animal. Well, why why am I eating something that was alive? I've seen videos of small children on YouTube just having a morality crisis over it, yeah. you know? So these things do resonate with them. Well, and, and also, you, you say that children are our future. You know, we're, we're at a point right now where we need a lot of ecological change and because of our effect on the world and if you put this message with kids earlier then the this these could be the future of the scientists that help change what what normal is and and we i mean personally i want them to have a world to grow up too yeah absolutely it's it's devastating sometimes reading things in the news and thinking well do do we want to bring kids into what what are we leaving them right now mm-hmm. and that puts the impetus on us especially to work as hard as we can to make sure that there's something important for them that's going to be left behind that they can continue to carry not just for our children but our children's tr- children and cetera, going on and on yeah so this like last week we talked about the land and how it's we're good cool great but well i mean farming we know how to feed people well, even though we are kind of rushing through that as well but it's still it gives that message of conservationism and just tweak it just a little bit yeah. to give sort of a call to action and and i think everything really works um 
go back and listen to our in- intensive discussion about how the land, what we think the land pavilion should go to. But when it comes to the seas, similar, I think the the seas pavilion, as as with a lot of future world, has the Tomorrowland problem, yeah. where even in its previous state, its original state, there was a small timestamp on it, and in its state now, there's a timestamp on it, and even housing technology for sea life has changed and infrastructure for thing for for this sort of stuff has changed and i think they're in the they're going in the right direction but there's plenty of ways that they can expand and add even more attention to that pavilion i personally am struggling with the fact that disney still is in the is taking care of uh, a small pot of dolphins mm. you know i don't necessarily know where each and every one came from and typically when sea life sea mammals are brought into a theme park setting they've usually been passed around between a lot of different facilities and and there are many reasons why they can be there and additionally too if there are if if there are sea mammals that are born in captivity, that's what they know. And that's kind of where they need to stay. You can't necessarily just release them and and they'll be all right. Like the if they're if they have grown up their entire lives having someone taking care of them, you can't expect them to go out into the wild and figure it out. It it's just not the way that life works. Mm-hmm. But with with what's happened with SeaWorld and all of these different things. Uh, if you watch Blackfish, that's a very enlightening documentary. I highly recommend if you haven't seen it. You know, it it's upsetting, but it's important to know how all of this stuff originated. It, it's important for you to know and, and understand how this commercialism developed but here we are now, and we do have all of these majestic creatures that we have taken into captivity, and we are responsible for them. And we have to make sure that we are providing them the very best life that we can. And considering that Disney has three different behind-the-scenes uh, living seas tours including uh, a dolphin encounter type thing. I I have to hope and believe that they are taking very good care of them. Yeah, agreed. But there's still more that they could be doing. Now, it's great that Disney has their own nature conservancy fund, yeah. which I think is wonderful. Uh, anytime that I actually see, if we're at Animal Kingdom, for example, you know, you can make a very easy donation to the fund. Yeah. And um, one of the things that I like about just that in general is it it shows that that they're dedicated to to the conservation. I, I know that's kind of talking in circles, but that's to say I think there's a little bit more that they could be doing for the Seas Pavilion because there's a lot of dead space there there even with the and i'm sorry to use that that kind of language but there there's a lot more room that they could be utilizing 
because it seems like almost every other corner of that pavilion is like a dark corner and then and just like oh why would i want to go over there hmm. sort of a thing it is there is a lot of mood lighting and uh <laughs> you talking about um dead areas reminds me of dead sea zones <laughs> <laughs> or dead space the video game oh. but um i i think there's a lot like one one of the biggest wastes of space that I, that I just I, I think a lot of people might agree with me is the the little picture play area of like Bruce's junkyard where it's just the oddly shiny like if if that, those were like like reclaimed sea glass or like if there was something like naturally the lawyers are pulling out their pitchforks right now No but now. no but if the, if if there was something like more beautiful than these are these are plastic uh statues of them if there was more of a recyclable material for a playground now that would be something really fantastic it exists like oh yeah no i know i mean there are so many other countries that do this so much better than we do but the so one of the one of the things that i i think the the pavilion could use is more representation from their ocean franchises. And one of the things that we talked about in the land is how there isn't necessarily, there is, well, rather, there is one farming uh, franchise that they will never speak of and we will never speak of because <laughs> no one should, no one should have to be uh, saddled with that pain. Boo. But when it comes, oh, I just got it. I'm sorry. I, I, li- I literally didn't mean that. Um, or but- should I say moo? There you go. Oh, man. There's a yo- there's a yodeling landowner anyway. Oh, no. With with this, um, I I took some preemptive notes before we went back in and realized that they already do- they were already doing a little bit of this, but I think they could do more. The fact that the coral reef I- is dying, uh, if they had a little bit more of a representation and a little bit more of the coral reef, they have all of the tank gang, all of the fish from Finding Nemo are represented, and it's the great. Barrier Reef, and yeah. that's the most vulnerable mm-hmm. of all of the reefs, as far as I know, and throughout my research. So they should have that. They should have that messaging there. Yes, they should be like, "Hey, we've got this," but the really important one is dying. Get the vocal talent back. Record some little things if you want to really use this projection technology everywhere. Throw them on the little tanks, and depending on which individual tank you're at, can have, you know, the starfish being like, hey, you know. Peach. That's right, Peach, because she's peach colored. Can't hear you, Peach. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, just like little comments, because, you know, it. as nice as it is that they have the little placards around the tanks saying, oh, you know, this type of fish does this, or this is how they live. All things that I think are wonderful. They can definitely do more. And I think this is where Disney can truly excel at its highest in terms of conservation and and using franchises to the best, to use their superpower in the most exponential way possible yeah and i i think 
perhaps they could have uh, Crush do a little bit more with that in the show. You know, just throw in a little bit of information here and there. I mean, he already does it with, like, general things with the ocean. But, like, if you go to... um, if you go to the certain spots with the cast members slash conservationists talking about ways in which you can help the environment and the ocean, they keep talking about using a reusable water bottle. However, where is the refillable water bottle station in terms of the living seas? It's not there. And they keep is popping. There one, is there one in Epcot? Not that I've seen anywhere. Well, either either way, there should be several. Yeah. You know, if they, they need to be more future forward, like their messaging can go out there. But then, of course, you you piss off some sponsors by not having Dasani water available to be purchased. Or like people are less inclined to purchase bottled water if you have the refilling stations uh, easier accessible. But then, you know, there there I think there's always a... a there's always an option to make a buck and you'll get people wanting a Coke. You'll get people wanting a monster. You'll get people wanting uh froze, whatever, but being a little bit more future forward with that, they have to match their messaging. And um, was the, I don't know how possible this, is, the, this, the other thing that I had suggested. So you take the Nemo section and you, because the, the one at the end of, the ride the finding nemo ride is kind of sparsely populated so i don't know why they don't have the if so this is this is saying if the the seas pavilion went down for a major refurb this stuff would be a little bit more possible but you take the main nemo tank and put it make it the end of the ride and the main viewing area when you get off so then that frees up the space at the end of the hallway for something else but something that I think kids would be a little bit more inclined to do, if they had, uh, and and this is a big this is a big if if they had Minecraft stations because one of the biggest things in the most recent update is they updated the ocean, uh, the like there's a lot more stuff that you can do in the water and they've created coral reef sections so. If and and I think because you could sell Minecraft as if kids don't have Minecraft already, mm-hmm. but if you if there is a custom easy enough a custom Disney coral reef world that is made for the the Seas Pavilion, then that instructs kids on the coral reefs. They get to play and ex- and actually experience it. Then they get to see it in front of their eyes. And then there's more of a connection there. And then they want to find out more about it. They find out the Great Barrier Reef is dying, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, blah, 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 blah. Something that I've noticed about the pavilion in general is you don't really see a whole lot of coral itself. It's They really focus on the big blue world idea, but not so much what's in it. And personally, what I've found to always be so beautiful about the ocean is the contrast of all of the beautiful colors, the, the coral and all the plant life that grows along with the colorful fish. All of that juxtaposing together is a very, very stunning palette of colors. Yeah. And right now it's just, it's all blue. And l- like you said with the play area 
you know, the kids aren't really climbing around coral, etc. It's like an abandoned junkyard. Yeah. And That's then, kind of depressing. But that also that associates fun with junk. You know? Like, yeah. be like, oh, I remember playing on that thing and it was because it was a broken down battleship or whatever. And it's not as it's not as proactive, you know? And I, I honestly torch the whole area. I I don't I don't want it there. And I'm and I and like Turtle Talk with Crush, I there was that big video wall that is reminiscent of the Crush video Yeah, wall. that was weird. You have Crush come up there and just do a couple of lines, pre-taped, whatever. Like, I think the time of Turtle Talk with Crush is over, to be honest. Mm. It's it's a fun attraction. And for California Adventure, it's sort of in its own place. And, and people... I, I don't... I wonder what attendance is between the Epcot version and the California Adventure version. Mm. Because it's interesting... To see the the rides that the coasts share, but it one does better on one coast than it does on the other. Yeah. So I, I, I think so. Here, here's my main crux, my main idea of what this seas pavilion should be. It shouldn't just be Nemo and friends. It should be the seas with uh, a lot more. <laughs> like Moana and Ariel. So, so what I thank you for bearing the lead. But what I want <laughs> is so we have the exit tank that keep the Nemo ride, just resync it, touch up a couple of things, and now you have a big coral reef tank that serves as both the finale of the ride and as a major feature in uh, in the pavilion. But then you have other tanks. That uh, the other big tanks that have uh, uh, wildlife and fauna from the different areas of the world that the other water-based franchises are from. So you have a Pacific Island version that has a lot of tropical, like more tropical fish, um, and and stuff that's reminiscent of the Pacific Islands and and Hawaii and things like that. And then you have one that's Atlantic fish. You know, you mm-hmm. have ones that, that are a little bit more European and representing the Little Mermaid. Because then you can have a rotating meet and greet area between Moana or Ariel. And then that gets you some that gets you some uh, in, uh, attention in there. And then Turtle Talk with Crush can become a, like either another show or or some like that maybe that can be the big meet and greet area because they already have a lot of space allotted to it but then that leaves room for either the play area or turtle talk with crush to be utilized in a more dynamic way so that way it's pushing a whole bunch of merch you get a meet and greet area when you get that photo pass money and you get to uh, utilize more varieties of fish so it's a little bit more diverse than just the the tank gang and i i would like it if hmm, i i would like it like so the manatee area like it's it's hard to move any of these animals right because they're there for a reason and they they're being kept safe it's etc etc so more I think then you can you can get more even more tours, even more experience tours that are themed to the various 
fit like you can either get all tanks or just this tank or just that tank or whatever um and then you could also get more celebrity endorsement because then you have like jody benson or or flipping uh rock the dwayne johnson flipping um i i gotta say flipping <laughs> um oh i guess also flipping your fins you know we there won't get too we far. but um that's two that i just did mm-hmm. that's where my brain is now but congratulations thank you you're welcome but that that sort of brand representation but that also gets more wildlife in and then you get to represent more areas of the world instead of just one part of the sea. Something that I would also like to see them focus a little bit more on, they do have sea turtles. In terms of Florida, where we're kind of in sea turtle territory, and I think it would be really cool for them to have a little spot talking about that because people love sea turtles, and that that's a big deal in terms of conservationism and and everything else and, and just i mean who doesn't love a, a video of a bunch of little baby sea turtles rushing from their eggs going into the ocean it's just precious <laughs> oh that that was that was something else um disney has this library of Disney nature documentary stuff. They can make a flip and sizzle reel and make a and have turn the turtle talk with crush theater into the Disney nature theater or whatever. Yeah. Where where they just they either show parts or or sizzle of a lot of the nature stuff and how you can because then you it's a place to sit down and you can uh, then it's a a place where you can say if you want to help whatever donate to this right here and i don't know put pay kiosks there that go directly to you just swipe your magic band and donate however much you want but that that utilizing the disney nature line because it's really only around earth day every year and while it you know it it is kind of sort of shelling that's three shelling something (laughs) that's made in column a into column theme park but you know, you have the video library. It's high quality footage. You know, we talked about it with Awesome Earth coming to the Land Pavilion. You have this really cute, well shot documentary style footage. Whip up a new documentary with the old footage, or yeah. or tell a new story that just gets kids invested in the even further in the wildlife. Because then, because that's actually that's the biggest thing with all of these franchises is. While it may be a little bit of a cop-out that kids aren't referring to the various species as the species, but as their character names from a Disney movie. So instead of a blue tang, it's Dory. Instead of a clownfish, it's Nemo. You know, But at the same time, putting a name to it adds a little bit more of a familiarity yeah. and a friendliness to it. So... The stakes are higher for them. Yeah. And and so th- that's why in any of these documentaries, they usually give a name to the families or to the animals or whatever so that you can generate some sort of a relationship with them. And this is another opportunity to get maybe a not – not I was going to say a not-so-family-friendly, but I mean a not-so-cute or something that Disney would never make an animated movie out of. <laughs> Um, and, and just add a different species so that you have a different, so it's just a different story, but you get 
a cute baby animal with uh, with a cute memorable name. Shoot, they could sell so much more merchandise. I am actually really surprised that in the in the shop lobby area, it it's just kind of a small section of only Nemo stuff. And because then you expand, you expand the line. You you get Moana, you get Little Mermaid, you get uh, Nemo and Dory, and then you get Disney Nature. And then you can put the stuff in there where, um, who does it? Your 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 mom once brought us back. WWF. We have World Wildlife Fund or yeah. Foundation. So then you have Disney Nature dolls where or stuffed animals where a portion of the proceeds or all of the proceeds go towards some sort of a conservation. That would be wonderful. And then you, but you, oh, yeah, even, you could adopt a sea turtle. That's what I was going to say. You, you put money to adopt, like maybe there's a pod or whatever, or hey, you know that family of sea turtles that you just saw in that nature film? Well, they need your help and their family needs your help. And then, and here, buy the stuffed sea turtle and you're donating X amount of money to help them survive. And then here is a link to, to our website that gives you updates on what's going on with live them. video feed. Yeah, like <laughs> it's easy. I mean, it's the ocean, but still, well, if, sure. If well, there's, they, if, they tag them. But if, but if there's a way, so there's some sort of imaging. So let's say they're tagged. They have some sort of an RFID or or some sort of. He'll a signal. be connected to your magic band. No, but some <laughs> some sort of some sort of signal. That can then get picked up and you create sort of an animated overlay. So sort of like the Santa tracker, you see where they are. And so it's not necessarily a live video feed, but you can see, oh, they're swimming around in the, on the Australian coast or whatever or wherever they are. There, so there you get your franchising, you get your conf- conservationalism, and you get a cool place to sit. You get a place to meet your favorite Disney characters and you get an expanded underwater aquarium area i love it it like it's the exact opposite of what we think for the land like the (laughs) land doesn't need franchises but here for this the more franchising you can get the ocean is such an important commodity like when people love stories with the ocean can you can so this is kind of silly but can you imagine what sort of like the future of animatronic tech to where as a part of the Moana meeting, so maybe it's a big video wall where you see the where it you can then if it's an aerial backdrop you see Atlantica and all the different fish and maybe flounder floats by, but then for Moana it's completely different. You you see essentially what baby Moana sees when the ocean brings her out, but <laughs> so then cute. popping over the top maybe you get a little anim- audio animatronicness of the ocean. Just a little thing of the water coming up and in, and just seeing a thing, like sort of looking out and giving like a quick wave to the people and then coming back down. Just like some, like there's a lot of possibility. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that you can do that's really cool. And then like Moana can look up and then whatever. Or maybe you like the video wall shows Tafiti in the background and, and it's just this beautiful oceanscape and oh, like there, there's a lot of great possibilities and that's just. For a character meet and greet. And even though it's a video wall, it still shows the beauty of the ocean. Yeah. There, there's, it, it's, it seems so easy. And this could also get the brand integration that the suits want and really maximize an area of the park. 
I absolutely agree. And also by including Moana, for example, then you also get the connection of more of humanity's interaction with the ocean instead of just what's already below it and opening that conversation as well, which is kind of missing a little bit right now. I mean, yes, you you see the deep sea divers going through the tanks, which is awesome, by the way. And I also love seeing Mickey swimming around with the fish. Probably one of the coolest photo ops that Epcot has, and I hope that that never goes away because I think it's just really cool. (laughs) But I, I feel like this pavilion is so, so ripe and the the best outlet for franchise integration and it's cool that they've started with Nemo and yeah I think right now it's time for them to expand on that and I think that they really can't go wrong with it as long as they're careful with with the sea life that's already there and they're respectful to it and that they focus on the conservation and expand on that then you're going to have something freaking amazing. And I really, really hope that that is the direction in which they go. Yeah. Because like right now, they have a lot of infrastructure. And they just they can utilize what they have already and just move it around so that you don't necessarily lose any of the care that they're already providing for some of some of the animals. It it would, you know, to, to be fair, I don't know exactly what would go into moving the animals from tank to tank, but I'm sure that they have oh, yeah, that yeah, yeah. type they, of plan in place. They already have that figured out. That's... Yeah. So it would be, it seemingly, they have a plan already how seemingly. easy it is to enact. Uh, how easy it is to enact is beyond me, but beyond the sea. But it, it's there. It's there. And... I think it, it it doesn't have to be much. It it it's just a little bit of moving stuff around. I think that they might do at least some of this. I'm crossing my fingers with a, a blog post from Disney Parks blog that came up not too long ago when they started. You know, kind of on the outset kind of calling onto those rumors that were rumored by that one website being like oh yeah we're actually going to be refreshing some of these pavilions symbols and the seas was one of them i'm wondering if they're going to add like a little silhouette of nemo or or maybe a couple of different sea characters that disney has in their inventory, swimming around together. Yeah. Maybe. Um, I also like the idea that, like, one of my favorite features on the the original Finding Nemo DVD was just the, quote, interactive water tank, where they would just have various characters swimming across the screen. And you could pick either the, the tank from... Uh, Dr. Sherman's office or just the water or even just the credit scene of them swimming across swimming across the screen if you just have those projections going across every now and again of 
the character swimming through. I think that's just a nice little touch. I hope to, and this was something that we haven't even touched on, but they need to give the uh, the main attraction itself some TLC. Those those video screens are not synced up with the dialogue. No, it's bad. And the anglerfish is not going, and that is the showpiece. Honestly, I, I would really like it if they went a little more, put a little more money back into it. You know what I mean? Just made it a little more, a little less cheap looking. That's yeah. all I'm asking for. Be- because it's, I do think that Finding Nemo as a franchise is going to be something that is remembered, you know, 20, 40, 50 years from now. In terms of animation itself, it was, it was revolutionary. And the the story is very, it, it connects to a lot of people and to a lot of families. So I think that it's something that they can invest in and that they should invest in. And Finding Nemo already was so naturally conservationist. And Finding Dory didn't necessarily beat you over the head with it because it was written into the story that that's where Dory came from. So it then now adding different elements of Finding Dory into it, that also leads to the possibility of new animals appearing in the tanks. But a lot of those animals are very big animals in particular. Yeah. So I think you stick with the tank gang and and with what they have and add on from other franchises, and that's that's the money part. Is there anything that we're missing? The restaurant? Yeah. I wish that they would... I know that it's a seafood restaurant, but if they could offer more than just seafood so that I can bring my husband to it, so Wee. that I can go eat there. I mean, you can eat there. By myself? Yeah, fun. I mean, I'll just I'll sit there just with my hands together, just be like, "Thank you, no, thank you, not for me." Do you have any bread? Oh boy, <laughs> there's there's probably something. Oh, Hello, yeah. can I have the uh, tuna salad without the tuna, please? Thank you. Figure it out. I then don't... it's just a salad. I, okay. Give me the salad. You would never just I order a salad. salad, though. If there's nothing else to eat. <laughs> Of course I would. And you know, I eat salads. Maybe at Soup Plantation. No, not Soup Plantation. One of my favorite things to get at Yard House is a salad. And it's a Mondo salad. Yeah. And it's great. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. 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 But there's, there's special meat on it, though. Chicken. Yeah. <laughs> I will now exclusively <laughs> refer to chicken oh, no. as special meat. Hi, yeah. Um, can I get the crispy special meat sandwich, please? What's that? The crispy special meat sandwich. Help. With extra pickles. Help. Hey, you you literally just said that. No. You've inspired me. You're you're the inspiration. Uh, this is the type of candor you want from a podcast. Is it? Yes. Okay. But I don't I mean that I, I think that would that just about covers it for the seas. I think so. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a, a sea pun and, and I can't I can't do it well, on the fly like this. Well there's a good one there's a good one to end with. 
Well, then maybe you should take it. Well, we're not done yet. We're not? No, because we have to do our outro. <laughs> well, I know that. Oh, oh, you're you're waiting for the very last line. Yes. I get it now. Okay. Well, I think that that's all we got for the seas today. Such a natural transition. <laughs> Dang it, Mark. Yeah, that's me. That's me. You can find me on Twitter at Mark Pedonica. Also on Instagram at Mark Pedonica. If you like cartoons, I also do a podcast about uh, various pieces of Rooster Teeth animation uh, on Rooster Teeth, Rooster Teeth, yeah, Rooster Team reviews on the Anchor Network. Um, make sure if you're uh, if you're listening to us here on Party of Two that you're following us at Party of Two Pod. Uh, head over to Anchor if you don't have a podcast uh, uh, app of your choice. Um, and you can just follow us on anchor.fm if it was hard to find us. Um, whatever podcast service you're using, go ahead and leave us a, a review. We'd really appreciate it. And if you are listening to us on Anchor, there's a new feature that they just introduced that's actually pretty cool. Uh, you can leave voice messages. Ooh. So if you go to anchor.fm, uh, if, you're, if you're looking at this through the Anchor link, at the very bottom of the description, it should give you an option to leave a voicemail. And if you're listening to us on mobile, it'll bring up a page. Or if you're listening to us on browser on uh, on your computer, you can leave us a message either way. Please, please leave us all of your bad puns. Yeah, please Le- leave us a message, <laughs> and um, we'll we'll make it a part of the show. Um, we appreciate you. Follow us at Party of Two Pod. What about you, Andrea? You can find me and all of my dealing sufferings at dole whip drea on instagram and on twitter no maybe i don't know all right we're we're all right oh and happy birthday disneyland yeah happy birthday we We miss you celebrating with you we've we went once on the birthday and it was terrifying Uh, it was rough yeah i I don't recommend it no i can't imagine what it was like today Oh my gosh. With with Star Wars and all that. Yeah. Coming soon to a theater near us is the Star Wars Lands. Woohoo! Woohoo! Um, but that'll do it for us here on the Party of Two podcast. See you later. It was so easy. That's it. It was so simple. <laughs> That's all we had to do. 